Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week. This week, we have a lot of news to cover, including, is personal space Joe Biden's kryptonite? Is Donald Trump trying to birther his own dad? Can Amazon pierce Apple's earbud sales? And a topless teacher gets the cold shoulder from a middle school superintendent. Plus entertainment news and movie trailer reviews during Trailer Top. And much, much more. I'm Kevin Williams, and I'll be recapping the week with my two incredible co-hosts. Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Hey, everybody. And Sherry Nova. Hello, everybody. All right, Sherry. So what was going on on Monday? On Monday... Former congressional aide Amy Lapos told the Hartford Current that former Vice President Joe Biden touched her inappropriately rubbing noses with her at a political fundraiser in 2009. The allegations are similar to the ones made last week by former Nevada legislator Lucy Flores, where she alleged that Biden leaned in behind her, took a smell of her hair, and kissed the back of her head at a campaign event in 2014. In a statement responding to Flores' comments, Biden said that he didn't believe he had acted inappropriately, but he will listen to women's experiences. In my many years on the campaign trail and in public life, I have offered countless handshakes, hugs, expressions of affection, support, and comfort, and not once, never, did I believe I acted inappropriately. If it is suggested I did so, I will listen respectfully, but it was never my intention. Do you think the recent complaints about Biden putting his hands on people's shoulders about personal space is about personal space, or is it about keeping the former vice president's hands off the presidency? What do you think, Tone? I think this is um, this is like, like, like any other issue is subjective, depending on who the audience is. I think for the for the people on the right and the Trump supporters is clearly about putting some dings in Joe Biden to make him a candidate who's not viable because they, they're saying that as far as everybody running, that he's more of the middle of the road candidate who probably has a better chance of being the candidate and taking Trump on. And I think for the people on the left, um, they, 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 there's there's people who are who are burning supporters and they're going to be burning supporters through and through regardless of who's running. And I feel some of his supporters will be a little bit more critical than, than the other people who are in the Democratic Party. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, um, these are things that are that are not that were um, they maybe were tolerated, but they're not tolerated today. And I think that's what we're seeing. What do you, what, what do you guys think? Well, I definitely uh, think that this has all kinds of political machinations behind it. The first woman, I believe, La Lucy Flores. She actually was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, she worked on his last campaign, I believe. And right now, um, it's believed that she is a Beto O'Rourke supporter. So I feel like if this was really an issue to her, she would have come out well before now. So it just seems convenient that she would come forward about the fact that he put his hands on her shoulders. And that's another thing. She said that she, he sniffed her hair. So is like this was a public event with cameras and everything all around i'm surprised someone hasn't released a video of it uh but the idea that he was like taking a long lingering sniff of her hair as opposed to just breathing <laughs> behind her uh to me seems pretty ridiculous and joe just feels like a really affectionate person 
And everybody who's accused him, because I think it is more than the initial two women at this point. It's like three or four women who said that he put his hands on their shoulders. They felt uncomfortable or whatever. And so, which is their right and prerogative to feel uncomfortable. But if it isn't some kind of, if, if you feel uncomfortable when somebody either hugs you or puts their hand on your shoulders, it's up to you, in my opinion, to say, uh, you know, please take your hands off my shoulders or to end the hug. It's up to you to say something. And so if the other person doesn't know you're uncomfortable, then what are they supposed to do? They can't read your mind. So I could see if they were if he was accused of groping someone or something like the current president who says he goes ahead and grabs women by the genitals uh, without asking because he can do it because he's a star. Uh, so if you're not if you're just hugging someone or patting them on the back and they feel uncomfortable, I can't psychically know that you're uncomfortable with me patting you on the back unless you say, hey, Kevin, don't pat me on the back. What do you think, Sherry? I think. This is tough because on one hand, it kind of feels like there's no story here. But at the same time, you have to respect how women feel. And Kevin, I cannot say that you're wrong in the women speaking up. But at the same time, if um, Joe Biden was putting his hand on you on your on your shoulder and you felt uncomfortable, it would feel difficult to say that it would feel difficult to say it to a regular person but to say it to joe biden that would add i think a a different spin to even imagining opening your mouth about this so i i feel this is a bit of a confusing topic but i don't feel like anything that's been said should prevent him from being the candidate if that's what the people want so i kind of feel like it's a non-story well, also, I feel like I see what you're saying, but then you could say something privately. I don't understand what it, what you gain by other than trying to hurt him as a candidate going on the news to say you felt uncomfortable when he had his hands on your shoulders. That's um, a great point, actually, that bringing that up on this public level, if you felt personally uncomfortable because he touched your shoulder, that 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 is that is strange. But if he really did smell that woman's hair. If that really happened, that's weird, and I would bring that up. I would. That's I weird. We should, I agree with Sherry. Um, I'm not sure if we should put the onus of, of this on the women who feel uncomfortable or the people who feel uncomfortable. I think the onus is on the people who are making people feel uncomfortable. But I also understand what Kevin's saying, that if someone, if something's not overtly, like, I, I understand someone's groping, like he said, but if something is not overtly um, open, I, I, maybe people don't know if you're uncomfortable. I understand that argument also, but I feel like it's, it, this, is, this should not be compared at all to, like, what the president has been alleged, alleged to do and, and women have accused him of doing or what other people have done. Like, this is, again, it's about a personal space issue. But the yes. hair, I agree. Like the hair is just like that's just creepy. It smells like his hair. <laughs> you know, it I, happens. Yeah, that's if exactly that's exactly if true. Because I'm saying, how do you know if somebody that, that, she's saying he smelled her hair and he was behind her? So was he yeah. just breathing, or just like how does she know he was? Did you like take a deep breath? Like real? I don't understand. To me, that's it. Just feels again. If it wasn't coming from somebody who was also a Bernie Sanders supporter, apparently at one point. It would feel, I don't know, uh, it would it would feel less like somebody trying to cobble somebody and trying to get them not to enter the presidential race. And I'm hoping that this puts a fire under Joe Biden and makes him more angry. And, and the reaction to this whole thing 
makes him get into the race sooner. Speaking of Donald Trump, he actually uh, tried to troll Joe Biden, uh, retweeting uh, a video. Joe Biden later in the week uh, uh, released a video where he addressed this issue and talked about respect for people's personal space and the fact that times are changing, are changing and norms are changing and that he's trying to change with those t- uh, norms and times. And uh, so uh, somebody doctored that video and made it look as if Joe Biden was putting his hands on his own shoulders. <laughs> and so uh, so the Trump Trump retweeted this. And what's so crazy to me is the unmade, unmitigated gall that Trump always seems to have. You've been accused credibly by mm-hmm. now 23, uh, 23 women, 23 different women at different times in your life over decades of either sexually inappropriately touching them, kissing them forcibly, and actual full-on sexual assault. A woman says that, like, you know, he sexually assaulted her, and then you're going to go after Joe Biden for putting his hands on somebody's shoulders and said they felt uncomfortable with it? Seriously? Is just beyond me that he has the balls to try and come after him as if this is Joe Biden's Achilles heel, but he can't... Again, his... his <laughs> He is living in the, I mean, his glass, his house could be made of more glass to be throwing <laughs> rocks at Joe Biden. It's just beyond me. I, mm. I am 100% like, it's like, a, it's like he's, so, he's so living in a glass house that it just makes no, anyone else would not bring attention to this. And he, <laughs> again, this is, I don't understand how he thinks it's okay. He's literally, I grabbed them by the P. That that that's his. That's who we know him for. Like I don't know. exactly. And and the crazy thing is, you you think if you were smart and you were Trump, which I don't think those those two things don't go together. But if you were, you would sit back and let other Democratic candidates on the low try to take uh, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Biden down because Joe all, consistently in all the polls, Joe Biden isn't even announced yet, and he's at the top of almost every poll, or he's he's right behind. Bernie Sanders. So you know that all the other Democratic candidates, they can't publicly go after him because they have to all act like they're friends at this point. But you know secretly they're all like, oh, we hope this takes him Get down. Him. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they're trying to stab him under the table so nobody can see. But we, oh. we see you, Bernie, and we see you, Bernie bros and Bernie ladies, that you're trying to come for Joe Biden. And, all, and that's another thing. All the polls consistently say that Joe Biden would easily beat Donald Trump in a head-to-head matchup. And that's why you can, you can really tell, you can really tell to me that Republicans are the most afraid of Joe Biden. That's why they're all coming for him and acting. And they're literally clutching their pearls, acting like, oh, this is so, <laughs> this is so upsetting. Oh my God. He's he he put his hand on her shoulders. This is oh, oh my God. I don't think he could be president. It's just like, wait a minute, look at who the president is now, you bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all right. I'm. I'm a little bit. I'm. I, for some reason, I'm getting a little bit heated about this issue. I, I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm hiding it. Tell us well. how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it on the low. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, Sherry. What was going on on Tuesday? Speaking of Mr. Trump. On Tuesday, while speaking about Tuesday in the Oval Office about German Chancellor. While speaking Tuesday in the Oval Office about German Chancellor Angela Merkel, Trump said, My father was German, born in a very wonderful place in Germany, so I have a very great feeling for Germany. 
The fact is, his father was born in the Bronx. <laughs> During a speech on Tuesday night, Trump said, Windmill noise causes cancer. And in a lie-filled tweet storm this week about Puerto Rico, Trump said, $91 billion has been sent to Puerto Rico in response to 2017's Hurricane Maria. The Washington Post, however, reports that $11 billion has been sent to the island so far. The $91 billion figure Trump keeps claiming refers to the estimated cost of Puerto Rico's recovery over a period spanning decades. With the sheer volume and frequency of the president's lies, who do you think has the tougher job? The fact checkers or the firefighters who have to put Trump's pants out every time they burst into flames. <laughs> Kevin, get him. <laughs> okay. My, okay, the, the, we had, okay, oh, now, I, I, if, you're, if you're a regular listener to Last Weekly, you realize that we're not covering every lie that Trump tells because literally it, every show would just be all Trump because there are just the, so many lies. The frequency of lies have actually, um, uh, it's been reported that the frequency of lies that he's telling seems to be on the uptick. And <laughs> no, no. And, and, and it, the reason why it's shocking is because it's like, well, it was, you didn't think, it, I didn't think it could go higher than what it already was. And in his first 773 days in office, Trump made 9,000. 14 partly or wholly made-up statements, according to the Washington Post. And you know what made-up statements are called in my, where I come from? Lies. Lies. And so the idea that we had to – it was just this week in particular with the windmills cause cancer. And the biggest one is your, where your father's from. I mean, seriously, we all know where your father's from. But this isn't the first time that he's lied about where his father's from. In, in his uh, uh, famous book, The Art of the Deal, he claimed his father was from Sweden. And he's also publicly claimed at other events that his father was German, which he is not. So if you can't even tell the truth about where your father's from, it's just, it's beyond me. But the reason why I felt like it was important for us to talk about this is the fact that these stories were literally one-day stories. Mm -hmm. if, if Barack Obama out of nowhere said that, like, the sound of washing machines gives you cancer, y'all, we would not be able to stop talking about it. We'd be talking about it this week, talk about it next week, week after that. Months ahead, we're putting up our Christmas tree going, can you believe that uh, back in Easter time, uh, Barack Obama said that the sound of washing machines causes cancer? But literally the next day, no one's talking about the fact that Trump said windmills cause cancer or the fact that he made up where his father is from. It's, not, it's, it's just we're numb to it. And so I feel like every once in a while, I have to have some kind of public primal scream about the fact that this is not normal. This Alternative not... facts. <laughs> That's all he gives out. Going back to the early days of his, tre his presidency, they coined the term "alternative facts," and these are alternate facts. Like they're every day they're spewing out of this man's mouth to the point that no one around him seems to even care anymore to correct the, the, the lies, just the obvious lies. The worst thing to this day, I still hear people on Fox News talking about Obama wore a tan suit. That's the worst thing they got on Obama. He wore a tan suit. But this man lies every single big lies, like huge lies. And 
every possible yeah, chance. And the, and, the, and the Puerto Rico lie, these lies affect people's lives. It's not just crazy, weird lies for no reason, like his father's from Germany. But it's it's lies like it's claiming that he was trying to push a bill to take money away from Puerto Rico uh, and the victims of of the hurricane or hurricanes, plural. It's been another one has hit since then uh, and claiming that it's diverting money away from farmers uh, uh, that need help. And he keeps throwing out there uh, that he's given ninety one million dollars, which a he hasn't. It's not his wallet. He didn't give anything. But mm-hmm. uh, a uh, there's that. And then the fact that it wasn't $91 million, it's not even close to $91 million. And he keeps saying it. That's what, that's another thing that, that it's the, uh, it's the, sh- it's the shame free nature of this man that you say something that isn't true. And then reporters are like, well, that isn't true. That isn't true here. Look at this. This isn't true. Here's the proof right here. It isn't true. And literally two seconds later, he's telling the lie again. And he's learned that, that, you can keep, if you keep telling a lie over and over again, either there is a portion of the population, I don't know if they just believe it or choose to believe it, or if they just don't care. But because I don't understand how at this point, there are certain things that w- when people try to claim that he isn't a liar, which is beyond me, even his own press uh, department wouldn't even address the fact that he's now saying his father's from Germany. They would not even answer any questions from reporters about it. They're just like, we're not going to even touch it. Or the and window. Kevin, there's actually also a fragment of his audience that they all, every single time the man lies, they come out and explain it away. Now they're saying that his father was that, that his father was conceived in Germany, and that's why. Like they always find some type of uh, uh, workaround to his lies. Say, and they always say, "Oh, he's kidding. Oh, he's joking." They explain away whatever he says. Now the whole big thing they're saying is that his father was conceived in Germany and actually born in the Bronx. That's what he meant. They always have find a workaround. He said, but he said, but he said his father was from there. He said, it, he said it from there twice, and he said it multiple times. So each time he meant, oh my father. My my grandparents were knocking boots in Germany. Is what he meant. Please, that is just that is just beyond. <laughs> and you know what I want somebody to do? You know what? Because I think this could be easily provable as well. There are these things called passports and dates when they were stamped. I need somebody to look at exactly when the last time his parents were in Germany uh, before he was born. Was it nine months or was it a year or more? My guess is it was a year or more. I don't believe that's even true. That he's And who talks about where they were conceived anyway as a thing? Has, I've never heard anyone be like, by the way, Sherry, where exactly were your parents having sex when you were created? No one does that. That's no. what the supporters are saying. That his grandparents conceived his father, and that's what he meant. They always have a workaround. Ridiculous. Can you imagine trying to use that as a, a way to get citizenship? But my parents had I'm sex and made me on German soil. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you prove that, oh sir? My God. And what position were they in, by the way? Oh my! I just I I absolutely can't. But the but the Puerto Rico thing, especially, which is just so just it's it's seeped in racism. This idea he keeps calling the uh, the government in Puerto Rico corrupt. And another he keeps saying how like you know I we've given them we've helped them as if they're other like they're some other country mm-hmm. or something. Which he does. It's like he doesn't even know that it's an American territory. Mm-hmm. 
He doesn't know he's there. He's there. There he, wow. he doesn't know that he's their president. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think he knows. Oh uh, well, he definitely doesn't think so. Any any thoughts, Sherry, before we move on to the next story? No. All right. So what was going on well. on Wednesday? <laughs> On Wednesday, after four years of teaching math at Bellport Middle School in Long Island, Lauren Miranda found herself on administrative leave in January before being fired on Wednesday. The 25-year-old teacher claims she was fired from her job after a topless selfie she sent to a boyfriend years ago ended up in the hands of a student. Now she wants to fight back filing a $3 million discrimination lawsuit. The school's superintendent allegedly told Miranda she couldn't put her in front of a classroom with a bunch of boys who could easily take out their phones and see her naked. Miranda argued that a comparable photo of a male faculty member would not have drawn the same reaction and would certainly not have cost him his job. Do you guys think she should have been fired, or are you hot for a teacher's right to go topless? Tone. I think they should free the nipple. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is just, like, really, really, really <laughs> ridiculous. We're living in 2019. By the way, guys, in, in New York City, it's completely legal for a woman to walk around with no top on. Completely legal. Men can walk around with no top on. Women can walk around with no top on. As long as they're not doing something that's sexually suggestive, you can walk around with no top on. So it's ridiculous that this today that people are losing their jobs over this. Men and women should both be able to share their nipples with whoever they want in a legal setting and not have any type of repercussions like this. And I, I really want to find how come she gets fired, not the person who shared her photo. Like, she had no control over the photo. The photo was shown to her students outside of her control. So, if anything, the person who disseminated the photo should be fired, not her. Well, we don't know if the person who disseminated the photo was even a an employee, do we? I don't think that that's even a part of the story, where it came from. She just knows that she sent the photo to an ex-boyfriend. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, why, why are they focusing on her, for example? Like, it's... Her image obviously was shown outside of her control, so I don't, I don't believe really, this. One being topless in her, in, the, in her, in her case, I don't think there should be a fireball offense. And two, she didn't show the kids the, the picture herself, so I really don't understand why they fired her. Okay, well, all right. Now, not being a parent, I think I have to jump in with some obvious facts, uh, and these aren't alternative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, uh, we're talking about middle school, or as we call it here on the West Coast, junior high. Are you? Uh, do you not see that it's going to be a huge distraction in class when kids are like looking at topless pictures of their teacher? You don't see that as being a huge distraction. And one other thing I do have to ask about is the idea that you said, unless you're doing something sexually suggestive while you're topless, what if you have to imply some sunblock? Is that sexually suggestive? <laughs> Rubbing sunblock on your bodacious tatas? Is that sexually suggestive or not? I actually have questions about this as well. Like, no bra, yes, no nothing. You pop open Google and you just put it in. You'll see that women have actually done this. You can just walk around doing groceries with your top open and it's not, it's completely legal. You won't be arrested in New York City. And I think. No, wait, wait, wait. Top oh, open. Yeah, you can look not top, no top at all. I haven't seen no one do the no top at all, but I've definitely seen uh, videos of women walking around with their blouses open and no no bra. Um, you can look that up on the. 
but on no top. Literally, you can walk around topless, either sex, either gender, and, and it's completely legal in New York. And I think it should be legal everywhere in the country. Well, wait a minute. Isn't there like a no shoes, no shirt, no service kind of thing? That's the that's the first thing I would put I would put up on at, at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. You, know, you got to wear a top if you want to shop here. Thank you. Well, very Kevin, much. it's interesting you mentioned that because that just that just implies that men all the time walk around with no shoes and no shirt, and it's fine that that business have to put this. So women should be allowed to walk around with no shoes and no shirt as well. I think the problem is that we've sexualized women's bodies to the point that we're saying, "Oh my God, my child." I'm a parent, by the way, and if my child is looking at topless pictures in class, I think I'm the one who should be having a conversation with my child. I don't think it's like, oh, who put these topless pictures there? Like, you really have to talk to your children so in the first place. Like, why are they looking up these pictures? Well, it definitely is. It de- it, well, it definitely is a learning, uh, uh, teachable moment, I guess, for the kids. Uh, for the kids about here, <laughs> because we're we're actually because of you know uh, all, everybody carrying a camera around in their pockets all the time. For some reason, people feel like they have to keep taking naked pictures of themselves and sending them out there. And people that want to be teachers, people who want to be lawyers, doctors, and everything, there are pictures out there of these people. And one day we'll have like a president who we've we've seen their junk. So um, I don't know. I feel like it's still hard. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, don't, for example, that's really so point. the first lady has a whole bunch of nude photos right now on the internet. No one's saying the first lady can't be the first lady because she had. Nude oh, but you know what? She, I, but but she would be very distracting if she was a middle school teacher. Let's. I think that would also be fair to say if Milani was teaching middle school. It's, and everybody's like giggling and looking at pictures of her as she's trying to teach the class. It would be a distraction. Why do they have their phones open? Okay. Okay, but Kevin, it would it would pass. It would get old and it we, would pass. What if we find new pictures? Or what if we start basically doctoring the photos that we already have of her topless? Now she's topless on a beach. Now oh she's topless. My God. It's all of these things get old and everybody moves on. Um, I guess I will uh, say my piece here. Um, one, these pictures are years old. It was. It could have even been before she even became a teacher. So I think that she should not be punished for this in any way, shape, or form. Like Tone said, she did not give this to her students. She didn't put it on the freaking projector and and like allow the the boys to see it um but at the same time it is going to be a distraction for some period parents are going to be outraged and they are going to create a ruckus they just are so i feel like maybe for her sanity she should get a new job somewhere else even though this is going to follow her it, it it won't have the same effect if she goes to a different school now she may not want to uproot her life but i feel like she shouldn't be fired i feel she shouldn't lose her job this will move this will this will pass but i think she's going to go but through after hell. i photoshopped so. a picture of her being topless with a koala i think it's going oh, to already ignite the story i don't know i i i think that her days of teaching children are over she can be a, a teacher of adults but I just don't think, especially, especially we're talking about young kids. And honestly, I shouldn't do this because I'm already being glared at by the last weekly legal team. But do we know for sure that she didn't give this photo to one of the students herself? And this is just a cover story that an ex-boyfriend gave this picture to this kid? Because we've had more than a few cases of uh, teachers 
uh, having relationships with students where they're sexting them. So is it possible that maybe the uh, that uh, she gave the photo to one student and then once it got out that the student had it? Because when you give a photo of yourself of a, uh, as a uh, of yourself topless to a kid, he's going to show it to his friends. There's no way around it. Well, Kevin, she would be arrested and not fired at this point. That's what happened to all those other women. Yeah, but that's what—that's the excuse now. Until until some uh, actual detective listens to Last Weekly and looks into this, that's why she's been skating so far. Mm -hmm. You took the conspiracy Kool Aid, Mm -hmm. my friend. (laughs) I don't know. I just—I just—I honestly, but I do think it's a distraction. I don't think that kids, kids can, kids are kids, and twelve-year-old boys, thirteen-year-old boys are not going to get over the fact that they've seen their teacher topless, not in 2019 in America. Maybe if they were French teens, uh, 13-year-olds, they would be over it and, like, they'd be too busy smoking and drinking wine to really care. But in America, you care if you've seen your teacher topless. Hey, Kevin, leave the conspiracy <laughs> yeah, we, to me, thank okay? You. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I guess, I guess that's my, <laughs> my cue to move on. So what was going on on Thursday, Sherry? On Thursday, Bloomberg reported that Amazon is working on a pair of wireless earbuds with integrated Alexa support that's designed to compete with Apple's AirPods. Amazon is said to be focusing on audio quality as a major differentiator from the AirPods. Users will be able to use Alexa for anything that they'd be able to on their phone, including playing music, shopping on Amazon, adding things to a to-do list, and asking general questions. And like Amazon Echo speakers, you'll be able to call on the digital assistant by saying, Alexa, similar to a Siri, featured on Apple's second generation AirPods. When it comes to the battle of the wireless earbuds, do you want Siri or Alexa whispering in your ear? I don't know. I think I prefer Alexa. What about you, uh, Karen? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely uh, think that it would. I, I would lean towards Alexa. First of all, Alexa is way better than Siri to start with. Ooh, five words. If we're talking about if we're talking about creepy automated assistants, Alexa is the better creepy of uh, of uh, 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 electronic assistant compared to Siri. Because I've asked Siri many questions, and Siri's always like, "Duh." But anyway, <laughs> versus Alexa, who seems to have a little bit more uh, game than Siri. Plus, the fact that they're going to be focusing on sound quality. Let's face it: the regular uh, wired earbuds that come with your iPhone sound pretty crappy if you ask me. So the idea that their wireless earbuds can't sound better than the than the wired ones do. So if they're going to actually Amazon's going to focus on better sound quality, that's more of a reason to get them. But do you guys even feel safe with wireless earbuds as far as in you know, not losing them because I would lose them in a heartbeat. Any little thing you're sticking in your ear that might just fall out, you're not going to notice it until you're like halfway down the block and not know where you dropped it. Oh, heck yeah. That's me. Totally. I no, no, no. There's nothing connecting them to each other and there's nothing connecting them to me. Uh-uh. I don't think I would get through two to three days with them. I, I think also the, the thing we should also mention is that this, this is, I don't think the timing is a coincidence. Um, Apple just announced that they are not going to be pursuing their air power, which would have um, been very useful for the wireless um, charging case they released for, for the Apple off of the AirPods. 
And um, I feel like right now, if anything, the AirPods are vulnerable. And this is a great way for um, Amazon to do what they do basically with Echo. They basically, they be Apple to the punch. They're basically <laughs> the home um, assistant that everybody's using with Alexa. And now they're, they're definitely trying to actually compete with Apple in a place that I think that Apple's vulnerable. So I think this is actually a big um, a ploy where Amazon can actually lose money on these air, uh, on their version of AirPods, get, it, get them in everybody's ears, and actually take a nice slice for Apple. Yeah, Apple is, is so losing ground. Uh, Alexa is integrated into so many more products than Siri is. Siri hasn't gotten to me the major upgrade it's needed for the longest time. Even the things that Siri was able to do in the commercials when they first were introducing Siri, to me, Siri still doesn't do well. You can't be like, hey, Siri, where are there? I want, I'm in the mood for tacos. And then Siri's like, oh, well, there's a taco place two blocks away. That never, that, that, what happens in those commercials was always some kind of pipe dream, and it still hasn't come true. So I'm not happy about that. But I think a lot of people over time have the, the Apple luster, the app, the shine on that app. Apple is starting to come off. And I'm a, and I have been an Appy, Apple fanboy for a long time. Apple's home pods just went down in price because they had they came out with some crazy price. They came it took them so long to come out with them. You know what? You're too late to the party as far as I'm concerned Apple. I already have my Sonos speakers and I'm very happy. I'm not dropping them like a hot rock for your for your super overpriced AirPods that don't sound that great if you ask me. So, I think that they're they're dropping the they're dropping a lot of balls lately. The the AirPod uh, debacle was huge. The fact that they are so late to the foldable phone game, not to mention the thorn in my side, or I should say the thorn in the middle of uh, my phone's forehead. I have no idea. The knot! The knot! Make it stop! <laughs> so I guess that's uh, that's definitely two on this side for Alexa. So are you for Alexa also then, uh, Sherry? So Alexa, I, I am for Alexa. Three, three fingers up for Alexa. I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> all right. I three guess <laughs> all right. I guess we're done with that. So it's time for us to move on to Friday. And Friday is time for one of our new segments. It's time for our Friday food fight. So um, I hope you people are ready to get weird, to get random, and get edible. Uh, and if you can take a fruit punch... I hope you can, because it is time for our weekly food fight. On the menu this week, what would you do for free food? In Wichita, Kansas, a 58-year-old diner regular tattooed a diner's name inside a cheeseburger on his forearm in exchange for free burgers for life. Ty's Diner had reportedly offered this deal for more than a year with no takers until the owners asked regular customer Mark Clam if he was interested. He agreed, joking that he might be going through a midlife crisis. A Domino's Pizza, uh, in, a Domino's pizza in Russia uh, offered a similar deal. If you got a permanent Domino's logo tattoo, you got free pizza for life. Ultimately, the Domino's deal was way too popular, and the company had to end it after an overwhelming response. If you could get free food for life from any restaurant or company, would you do it? And if you had to do it, what logo would you get tattooed on and why? Wow. Well, well, for Tone. me, it's very simple. I get the D and D on my hand for Dunkin' Donuts. I go there every morning, show my hand, and get a free iced coffee. Like I thought about this. 
D and D on my hand right there. Like, they're, they're, like it's for Daredevil, but you need Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> oh, we we know what it was really about. What about okay. you guys? Whoa, whoa! You said what logo? No, 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 no. No, the logo, the logo is a tone. For Dunkin' Donuts, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, the D's are overlapping uh, yeah, or something. Yeah, it's two D's together. But, but I think, but, but the, but oh. the, I think the color scheme is brown, uh, brown, pink, and white, right? The logo, or is it brown, pink, white, and orange, or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's very orange. distinctive looking. So we would, he could try to lie and claim it was for Daredevil, but we would all <laughs> know the score. We all know what was happening. Well, now they go as Duncan, not even Duncan Donuts. Hey, absolutely. It's easier to get on my hand, Duncan. I'd be like, oh yeah, they used to call me Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it makes sense, Anthony, that you're called Duncan. Duncan for sure. Isn't Duncan short for Anthony? Yeah. All right, Sherry. What, what about you? This is tough because I don't really eat fast food that wait, often, and when I do, wait, I like to, to mix fat. it, it up. Be, again, it could be a product. It could be like it could be Captain Crunch. It could be anything, any kind of product, any product logo or any uh, restaurant. It could be a nice restaurant. You get the restaurant. Yes, anything. It's okay. open. I got it. Okay. So I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of eating seafood. So um, the only seafood place I can think of oh is like God. Red Lobster <laughs> Oh my God! You, you, Beyonce and Jay Z chilling at Red Lobster. <laughs> Wait, tell me another seafood place. Give me a choice, somebody. Somebody help me. Long John Silver. Wow. All right, Long John. Okay, I Long John. No, you know what? But see, I ankle. feel like that's a mistake because I'm sorry. The Cheddar Bay biscuits. I think that it used it needs to be Red Lobster. If you're gonna go seafood, just it's all. For me, it's all about the cheddar bacon. Okay. Okay, and like it's a it's a it's a lobster logo. So I would just tell everyone that I was really into oh, this. That, I think that that oh, you know, <laughs> say it's Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. They'll never know. Yeah. Yes. Sebastian and Duncan. What about you, Kevin? All right. This is so hard. I actually give it a lot of thought because personally, at first I thought, okay, what do I normally eat all the time anyway? If if I had all the money I spent in the last, like, say, 15 years on Chinese takeout, I would be on my own private island on my and I would fly there on my private jet. That's how much that's how much money I spend Dang. on Chinese takeout. So I was thinking I could get like a panda. <laughs> like on my arm or something, or uh, or get or get like you Dang know it. a um uh what's it the, the whatever the logo is for um uh, P F Chang. But then I thought, wait a minute, why just limit myself? If I there's one restaurant where you can have it all, you can be you can have Mexican, you can have Chinese, you can have burgers, you can have sandwiches. I would get the Cheesecake Factory logo. Wow. I, I'd have <laughs> it would, I'd have access to everything. Now, would I have like uh, have to have a heart bypass because of all the cholesterol? Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, even, but even after my doctor said, Kevin, no more cheesecake, I could still go to Cheesecake Factory and eat their light items as well. They have salads, so it, it's just a win-win. If I uh, got the Cheesecake Factory tattoo, I think that's the way to go. 
You have given this uh, so much actually thought. too much thought, but <laughs> but I, but if you're gonna go if you're gonna go uh, with a tattoo for food, you got to go big. Okay, I'm changing mine. I know tattoos are permanent, but whatever. <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet. So I am changing mine to a Japanese restaurant, Sakura, because I will never tire of sake and Japanese oh, yeah, food. Yeah, keep it classy. <laughs> yeah, well, see, we, we, that's another thing. With their logo, we would just think it was some, some profound Japanese thing you had on. We wouldn't even know what the hell it meant. So very smart. Exactly. Sharing. All right. So now mm-hmm. it's the, I guess right. the food fight's over, <laughs> and it's time for our favorite part of the show. Say it, Tone. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. talk. (laughs) So what is going on in the world of entertainment this week, Tone? Wow. For everybody who's into the Umbrella Academy, it has been renewed for season two. That's right. The writer, Gerard Way, posted a very brief teaser for season two. And if you guys are thinking, hey, Gerard Way, yep, that's Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance from the rock band. He also wrote the book, which the Netflix show is based on. So who's excited for season two, guys? Well, first of all, none of us were thinking about My, my Chemical Romance. So thanks for giving us credit. <laughs> no, we weren't thinking that. <laughs> I, I think for Sherry, I feel confident in saying, no, we weren't thinking that. But um, I am super psyched because I... I burned through season one of uh, Umbrella Academy. I wasn't sure I was going to like it. And then by, I say, episode three, I was all in and I was invested. And the I can't think of a more bombastic, bigger season finale than that. And if it didn't come back, I would have been in a, a never-ending rage. And I, you know what? I'd have to go and eat my feelings at Cheesecake Factory. I'd be so <laughs> upset. But thankfully, it is on. It's gonna. It's coming back, and I can't wait to see it. Did you see it, Sherry? By any chance? I have not watched the Umbrella Academy, but one time I did press play, and then I did. <laughs> right. Well, that was anticlimactic. Okay. okay. <laughs> what, did you, what did you think of the first season, Tone? Were you watching it? I I definitely really enjoyed the first season. Um, it, it's. It's like a comic book on steroids, and Netflix actually brought a budget to, to boot. So I thought the first season was great. Anybody who's a fan of comic books, anybody who's a fan of time travel, anybody who's a fan of sci-fi, I think you would definitely enjoy watching season one because season two, I think, is even going to be better. So I had a great time, Kevin. Yeah, it had a kick-ass Mary J. Blige in it wearing, like, a dog mask or something. If there's just uh, – where else are you going to get that? Where else? Mary J. What's the Blige. 411, what's the 411 tone? The four one one. Oh, <laughs> you're talking about the Mary J. Blige song. Yes, Tone. All right. I'm sorry about yeah. that hip. Yeah. I was kind of caught off guard. <laughs> you're too busy thinking about your, your chemical romance, apparently. <laughs> so what else is going on in entertainment? Okay. So an attorney filed a petition for, to, for um, special prosecutor um, Kim Fox to be investigated, especially her handling of the Jesse Smollett case. A lot of people are still very upset with what happened with Jesse Smollett. And they're asking people to take a good look at the actual prosecutor who actually um, she, she actually um, said that she was going to recuse herself from the case. But it looks like she didn't recuse herself officially. It was more like uh, she said colloquially. So now people are starting to ask questions of exactly what happened. Uh, do you want to take this one first, Sherry? I, I just guys. 
Okay, I'm gonna take up my uh, job of being the conspiracy Kevin, person. Give it back. And um, <laughs> guys, this shit's fucked up. I'm telling you, like, no, they are playing this games with all of us. This is a game. <laughs> no. They're playing games. They're trying to play all of us uh, like fools. All right. First of okay, all, I apologize Kevin. to all the people listening with their children. We've, we've, we, hey, we talked about topless teachers. Now we're cursing too. It's, it's a rough show for the family. All right. <laughs> so yes. um, I absolutely, I'm glad that this is being investigated because something has seemed so hinky about this from Jump Street. Why indict him? With, why, why go through the trouble of having a grand jury and getting 16 indictments to instantly throw it out with like, oh, a $10,000 fine, which doesn't even come close to paying for the cost of the investigation. And speaking of that, I don't know if you guys heard, but supposedly uh, Chicago was actually going, the city of Chicago is going to actually sue Jesse Smollett for mm-hmm. the cost of the uh, investigation, which was exhaustive and very expensive. Mm-hmm. And so if nothing else, I hope that that happens just so he can uh, be found liable. And so this whole idea that he's going around saying he was vindicated, and even his stupid mother on uh, Empire, um, uh, Taraji P. Henson, was claiming that he was vindicated. Will somebody please give them a dictionary app? Because that is not what vindication is. <laughs> vindication to say that you are not you're being proven not guilty saying that we're not going to prosecute does not does not prove you aren't uh, guilty of the crime especially when the prosecutor goes on television and goes like oh yeah he totally did it that is not vindication to Raji P he was not exonerated he was not not even close in fact I'm just calling you Taraji Henson now you don't even deserve the P um can I ask a question Kevin, do you not realize when you're being taken oh for a ride? Oh my god! Not only am I taken for a ride, I'm in the back seat with uh, I'm in the back seat with my seatbelt on. I know I'm being taken for a ride. I can't. I am officially over <laughs> this whole thing because I'm not going to be one of those people who's going to be continually surprised every week when some extra ridiculous, shocking, surprising thing happens, and it, it, none of it makes sense. Like, Well, you know what? We're going to continue to be taken for a ride, and I'm going to keep asking the same question every episode. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> Where? I don't know. Where? I, I want... I want us to be exactly. there where is in jail. <laughs> That's where I want us to be. Knock <laughs> him up. Moving Lock along. Up. Did you did you guys hear? The governor Tell. actually sent a letter to the Oscars telling them they cannot change the rules to exclusively excluding movies from, from um, being considered for the Oscars. If you guys heard, there was a Paul Bruja where Steven Spielberg and company were saying that Netflix movies should not be considered for Oscars, that they should be more considered for an Emmy or some type of television, that they're different, there's a different medium, and that movies that are played in theaters should be, are very different than movies that are created for the TV. What are your thoughts on these guys? I mean, what are your thoughts on this, guys? I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. Um, leave my Netflix alone. <laughs> All right, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said that wrong. Wait, no, no, no there's Brittany. a famous video where a guy goes, "Leave Britney alone." alone. Yeah, Britney alone. Yeah, but that's not. No, no. Who's that guy? What's his name? I forgot. I follow him on on Facebook. Anyway, you have to speak millennial, Kevin. 
I'm sorry. Okay, now, um, yeah, the to me this was this was another. There are so many hinky things in this episode. I don't know. Th- they were coming for Netflix especially and wanting to change the rules just because Netflix had so much uh, success with Roma, and it just seemed so petty and it seemed especially small for Steven Spielberg to be doing this. I have no idea why the government even got involved. It just shows how much like pull and power Netflix must have that the government even threatened the Oscars for even daring to try and change the rules to because the rules were definitely to go after Netflix. It's it, to me, you know what Steven Spielberg and all the rest of you that are upset about this raise your game. You had rules about how movies had to be shown and the, the the Netflix movie Roma and other movies they were shown in theaters on both coasts for a certain number of days whatever the rules were were before and so changing the rules to try and exclude them was to me a fool's errand anyway mm-hmm. because Netflix has enough money to jump through whatever hoops they would have put in front of them if they would have said it has to play in more theaters they would have Netflix could buy theaters and have them shown in, at those particular theaters for however long they wanted them to jump through that hoop to make it be eligible for an Oscar. So you can't r- slow Netflix's role. I'm sorry, Steven Spielberg. You gotta, it's, it's 2019, time is marching on, and you need to get a clue and move along with it. Woo! What do you think, Tone? Yes. I, I agree. Um, the, the Oscars are for best, are for best picture, for best, for these, we're talking about, the, uh, talk about the, the, the films that had the greatest impact. No one said, it had to be the films that had the greatest impact on TV. Like, no, these this is this is 2019. Uh, more people now are able to enjoy these experiences on all t- different types of screens. So, I think that this is again uh, a monopoly that's being trying to, that's being protected. Uh, who are who, these big studios are trying to kick Netflix in the gut? And Netflix is the new kid, but I think it's the new kid that's actually it's a big destabilizer in the industry. And I think uh, we should let the audiences dictate what they believe is Oscar worthy. And I think in this case, like Roma, and we're going to see a lot more movies that are going to be on Netflix. And this whole limited release thing that they set up for the Oscars, like Roma had to be shown in X amount of theaters in order to be considered. And I think uh, now that Roma won, um, just like what Kevin said, um, actually, they, they, they met that criteria. They're trying to change the rules and move the chairs. No, I completely agree. All right. Tell them. All right. <laughs> Was that our last story? Or do we have one more story? Well, the last thing that we're going to touch on is that Gotham is ending. For you guys at home who don't watch Gotham, Gotham was basically a prequel to the whole, uh, like, the current Batman universe. And by what I mean is, like, Batman's usually uh, a man, you know, either in his 30s or uh, maybe late early 40s or in the late 50s if, if you watch um, The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, if you read The Dark Knight Returns. So Batman's basically a grown man. And on the Gotham TV show is basically a prequel where, where um, Bruce Wayne is a, is a young is a young man. Um, so the, it's ending, and finally um, they released a little teaser where they showed an image of the cow. So basically, the Batman is actually going to be all grown up in an episode of Gotham. Unfortunately, it's going to be in the last two episodes. And they also showed uh, a, a little a little snippet of their version of the Joker as a grown man on Gotham. Also, so that was a buzz online. Did you guys see these images? Sherry? Okay, I didn't oh, see the images that. either, and I only I actually watched the first episode of Gotham, uh, where I got to see uh, Bruce Wayne's parents murdered yet again, and I have not watched it since, but I actually will kind of tune in for the last two episodes to see how it all wraps up. 
Um, how many I seasons is season Gotham? Five. Yeah. Uh, I might be mistaken, but it's definitely it's definitely had a, okay. a number of seasons. And it definitely has its fans. Uh, uh, I think it's a very polarizing. I myself am not a fan of Gotham, but people who like Gotham really enjoy it. I'm just really um I'm really excited that they'll finally actually have Batman on the show. I'm not sure if it was a licensing issue. Um, they weren't able to have Batman before. But I might actually just watch the last two episodes so I can see exactly what their take on the character is. Okay, yeah, we're on the same page because one of my favorite things, one of my uh, favorite things about the show when it first premiered and watching the first episode was it was supposed to be way back when Bruce Wayne was little Bruce Wayne, and to show us it was way back in the day, even though people like wearing hats like old school newsy style, they had flip phones. That's how you know it was way back in the day. <laughs> So it's just like, wait, so they have supercomputers and they have flip phones, but everybody's wearing like women are wearing like, like, like they're wearing like fascinators and old school 40s flapper dresses or of, of, I'm not flapper dresses they would wear like in the 40s. I love the whole kind of blending of style and the kind of world they created in Gotham is was pretty crazy. So it'll be I'm glad they're wrapping it up and the show isn't just being canceled, that it actually gets to put a period at the end of the sentence of the show. Yeah, I did watch the first two seasons, and I really, really did enjoy it, but somewhere I fell off. Well, yeah, join us. We I'll can all watch, watch the last, last two and maybe comment on it on the show. Yeah, the last two. So um, before uh-huh. we move on to the actual trailers of Trailer Talk, I just want to give a big shout-out to Ask Mark Ward on Twitter. Mark Ward is the one who recommended to us um, the trailer from last week, which was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. So big shout-out to Mark Ward. All right, he is a super fan of Last Weekly. So, yeah, thanks again, Mark. And now we'll Thank move you. on to the trailers. So, our first trailer is The Dead Don't Die. It's an upcoming American zombie comedy film written and directed by Jim Jarmarsh. I probably messed that up. And it stars Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Selena Gomez, Chloe Schiavone, Steve Buscemi, Austin Butler, The Rizza, Tilda Swinton, Tom Waits, Danny Glover, Caleb Laundry Jones, Rosie Burrison and Carol Kane. That's a big ass cast. And the synopsis is Kevin. All right. The peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. Now, this trailer was actually funny. It wasn't like laugh out loud funny. It was like it's a, a British director did an American zombie movie where, where the jokes were a little bit dry, but I thought it was still funny. And it was a, it's a, it, like I said, the cast is, is, a, is a huge ensemble piece. And I'm actually really excited about this. I'm a huge zombie fan. And I thought the trailer kind of hit on the same, uh, the same nails as he's still um, Warm Bodies or Shaun of the Dead. So it looks like another addition to that type of zombie comedy film. And I'm all for it. What do you guys think? All for it. Can't wait. I personally can't get enough of zombie movies. I don't think that there can ever be too many of those. So okay. I'm, right. I'm sorry. In. Before we even go further, before you give us what your thoughts are, Kevin, also tell us about how we're rating these movies right here. All right, here is our rating system that's very simple to remember. There are three possible ratings for these trailers. First up is movie theater. That means the movie trailer did its job. It made you, it was so good, it made you watch you want to put on pants, leave your house, and pay money to sit in a theater and see this film on the big screen. If the trailer was kind of okay, and you seem sort of interested in it, and you might screen it one day on a streaming system or service, then you would give that movie movie trailer a netflix and if you 
are so angry that you lost three minutes of your life you could never get back, you give that trailer a kill. All right, kill. so <laughs> kill. All right, so my uh, uh, thoughts on <laughs> my thoughts on, uh, the dead don't die. Um, I, what was really interesting <laughs> to me about it was it had a real Wes Anderson uh, deadpan vibe to it. Did anybody mm-hmm. else notice that? I thought that was kind of interesting. And after watching the trailer, I came to a very, very strong conclusion. If there is a zombie apocalypse, if I can't be with Michonne, I want to be with Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. Because that homegirl will keep Aww. me safe. So, uh, so I would have to give this movie a Netflix. It's not good enough for me to go to a theater, but it did look like it could be fun. A popcorn thing to do on a rainy day. So I would definitely uh, ch- uh, check it out on Netflix. What do you guys think? Well, I actually saw Warm Bodies in the theater. Like, I actually, I'm not a really big comedy fan, but I really think that if I was available to go to the theater, I would definitely check this out in the theater. So it's movie theater for me. What about you, Cher? It is a Netflix for me because I probably wouldn't bother putting pants on to go see it. But um, if the theater came <laughs> to me, well, you know I what? If you it. went to, if you go to New York, you you may have to wear <laughs> pants, but you don't have to wear a top, so you may as well go <laughs> go and see it. <laughs> that is true. In New York City, you don't have to wear a top, ladies, if you want to go to the theater. Shirtless movie watching. Mm. Nothing's more fun than that. All right, what's our what's our next victim tune? Mm. Okay, our next movie is actually. A, a, I'm really excited about this trailer. It is the trailer for Joker. Now, now Joker is an upcoming American psychological thriller film um, by director Todd Phillips from a screenplay from Scott Silver, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, alongside um, Zazie Beetz, Robert De Niro, Francis Conroy, Mark Marone, Bill Camp, Glenn Fleshler, um, Shea Wiggum, and Brett Cullen. Among and it's set in 1981, so it's a period piece. What's the synopsis, Kevin? All right, a failed stand up comedian is driven insane and becomes a psychopathic murderer. Like if anybody doesn't know, I'm, I'm gonna let you guys take a stab at this one first. What do you got? What do you guys think? Sherry, anybody? I'm not a fan what? of Joker, but I do have fun. Wait. I do have fond memories of watching it as a kid with the smile that like freaking cuts his head in half. Um, if I was in like with a group of friends and like, because I, I am, I can enjoy an action movie and they were like, Hey, let's go, let's go watch it. Then I would go, but probably just going to Netflix it and enjoy myself thoroughly with a surround sound and popcorn. So it will be an event. What about you tone? Well, I, for one, it completely would not agree. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we don't At know, all. Sherry. We're going to have to We have to wait and listen to Tone's opinion. We have no idea how he's going to come down on this. This is ridiculous. I should never let them go first. Let me tell you guys at home that when <laughs> was directing a Joker movie, I, I had, my, I had my, my, my little bit of a, a moment where I was like, I don't know if this is going to turn out all that good. I had my hesitation. Because Todd Phillips is known for movies like Old School, which is a great comedy. And um, he's also known for those Hangover movies. So the fact that he was doing The Joker, I was like, this is really a weird choice for this type of movie. 
Uh, but you know what? He knocked it out the park. This trailer was so epic. It was, it was like it was like he 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 had Scorsese in, in, in his vision, and it's a period piece. And it's also a movie about mental health. It, it, Joaquin Phoenix is a master. He's a master actor. Um, ever since Gladiator, I, I thought he played a great villain. And and in this movie, um, he just he just he just cranked it up. The trailer with the trailer was amazing. I was blown. I was blown away. I think what Todd Phillips has done here, and I haven't seen the movie, but I've just from the trailer, he's done an award uh, contender. That's what he's created here. And I think a lot of people who would not be open to comic books are going to look at this movie and say, "Hey, this movie actually is, is a great film." Just just by just by the trailer, I can tell it's going to be a great uh, awards contender. Um, so it's definitely movie theater for me. Uh, Sherry doesn't know what, what she's talking about in this movie. It's movie theater, movie theater, movie theater, movie theater. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, don't speak for me. All right, I, I, what I have to say about it, I can't believe that Joaquin Phoenix actually made the Joker sympathetic in this trailer. I agree with you. This is an incredible trailer. I didn't know it was a period piece. I thought it was a stylist, a stylistic choice. I wasn't sure it was going to be it was a period movie until you told me that. So, uh that's interesting. Um I'm curious about uh the actress and if they're going to actually have the character of Harley Harley Quinn. Um I'm curious about that and I'm curious if if uh in this universe in this movie Batman actually exists. So will we see a 1970s style or 1980s or 70s style Batman? I'm curious about that as well. And what I will say about the uh, I agree with you on the level of performance that Joaquin Phoenix is giving us. It echoes the the, the kind of power that Heath Ledger had uh, when he uh, did play the Joker in, in a Batman movie. And what's weird to me is superheroes and villains are kind of becoming this generation's tragic Shakespeare character. Uh, these roles are, will be coveted by, you know, true actors, real thespians, you might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they're going to be played over and over again with different nuances and, and re-explored over and over again, like those great, you know, kind of Shakespearean characters. And I really do feel like Joaquin Phoenix has raised the bar and um, he's going to give Heath Ledger, who was legendary as the Joker, a run for his money in this version of it. And it looks really dark. It looks really interesting. And but I have to give it a, a Netflix. I what? don't. I don't. I don't. Think it's, 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 it, to me, the visuals don't look stunning enough that I need to see it on a giant screen. I have a 55 inch television that'll work just fine. Whoa. Oh man! So, but tone, we're say, we're gonna theater, make it theater, an movie event. Movie theater, movie theater. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Popcorn at oh, again. Home. We don't want to wear pants, tone. You gotta wear pants. My shoulders get cold. All right. <laughs> so, what's our last film tone? Our last trailer that we'll, discuss, we'll be discussing is a science fiction movie um, called High Life. It is a film by French director Claire Dennis um, with Robert Pat- Pattinson, I always mispronounce the guy's name, and Juliette Benoit in the lead roles. Um, it's his first English film, his first English language film, using his longtime collaborator, John Paul Fergu, uh, and Joe Cox uh, for this one. 
And what's the synopsis for this, Captain? All right. A father and his daughter struggle to survive in deep space where they live in isolation. Well, that's a little bit brief uh, for the folks who are listening. I, I, didn't, I didn't write this enough. <laughs> I know you did I just read them. For the folks who are listening, this trailer is, is, a, is a science fiction movie which takes place in space. Um, it's it's not shot like Armageddon or like one of those high uh, like those big budget science fiction movies. It has, it has a real indie feel to it. It's a, it's a lot about it's a lot about emotion. Um, the the trailer is, is kind of isolating in the sense that you you kind of feel like you're trapped with these people uh, on this voyage. And it, it had a um it had a sense where it, I kind of felt that at some point that it wasn't even a science fiction movie. Like, it, it was so, like, it really, it looks like one of those uh, trailers that really kind of tugs at your emotions, and you don't know how you're going to feel about this one. Um, I, for one, I'm going to, I want to hear what you guys say before I tell you how I feel about uh, if I would go watch this in, in a movie theater. What was your guys' opinion of High Life? Okay, I'll go first. Um, I would definitely go and watch this in the movie theater. My only concern would be finding someone to go with me. I'm very excited to experience what is in store for me. It, I really like going on emotional journeys. I, I don't know. All right. You know what, Sherry? If you lived in L.A., I would absolutely go with you to see this movie in a movie theater, and I'd be wearing pants. <laughs> that's oh, how much you mean to me. I put pants on and everything, and so, <laughs> um, no. okay. I really like grown-up uh, sci-fi movies. You know, I, I believe me, I like explosions and car crashes as much as the next guy. But I actually want to care about people, and this movie looks like there's a lot of emotion in it. But what I love about it is, it looks like it's going to have some real shocking classic kind of sci-fi revelation in the end of it you know like planet of the apes where it's just like you ruined it oh my god this, it was earth all along look at the statue of liberty you guys so that kind of ending where it's like what the hell is happening <laughs> and there's a very ominous shot in the trailer where we just see all of these like uh people in spacesuits just floating in space untethered just like they don't they, they don't look alive if you mm. ask me i don't know for sure but it doesn't look good for them. <laughs> so, and um, also, Robert Pattinson has this line that makes it seem really ominous. He goes, break the laws of nature, you'll pay for it. I'm like, uh-uh, what are they, what laws are they breaking? Yeah. What the hell is happening? And, it, and, and he has a baby daughter <laughs> in, this, uh, in this trailer. It's like, is she really his daughter or is she the clone of his dead wife? I don't know. Something's not right, people. But I would put on pants to find out exactly what's mm -hmm. going on. Woo! All right, Tom, what are you giving? Wow. So just to recap, these my two co-hosts <laughs> said that they would stay at home and Netflix joke, <laughs> but they would put on pants and go see highlights. So, yeah, so you know who you're siding with, people. Because I'm in this movie a Netflix, a hard Netflix. I would not put on pants to go see it. If you guys like Suspira or one of those indie movies where people take science fiction and they turn it into something else, this is for you. But this is not for me. This is not this is not the type of science fiction movie I enjoy. I'm not, I'm not there to hold about my feelings. No. Uh, I, I, I did this as hard Netflix. And if I wanted to get in touch with my feelings, I would turn on Lifetime.
I don't. I wouldn't do <laughs> watch highlights. Well, first of all, Suspiria, Suspiria is not sci-fi. Suspiria is a highbrow horror film. Thank you very much. This seems like horror to me. So you're, not, you're, not, you're not even getting your genres right. Thank you very much. Well, I'm doing what HBO does. It takes horror and sci-fi and always put them in the same category. That's what I'm doing with this one. I, I think it's a, a hard, hard Netflix. Netflix. Uh, <laughs> not a, not even a soft Netflix. It's a hard. No, wow. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give up, make an experience out of this at home. How about that? Uh, I, I'm sure it's a great. I'm sure it's a great. You know, a very powerful emotional ride. And but I, I don't know. Like uh, I like my, I like my sci-fi a lot of times. Like either really, really uh, a real thinking movie or like a big budget movie. Um, some movies um, that are science fiction nature just wrap themselves. The it kind of tugs at your at your heart, and these this looks like one of those movies. So it's nothing against the movie personally; it's just my choice in sci-fi. Um, so no, uh, hard Netflix. Oh, ouch. Okay, so, some <laughs> might say this was just a, a petty revenge for us not wanting to see Joker in a theater. Movie theater Joker. But, but I I think too highly of you to actually say that. But anyway. Even though it's cool. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> here at Last Weekly, no matter how rough or crazy or weird the week gets, we like to end it uh, with a, the good stuff. So, co-host, what was your favorite thing about the past week? And because there have been complaints uh, about only talking about the good, if you have a ba- your worst thing about the week, you can choose that. But you can also, but we, if you want to, you can err on the side of goodness and share and positivity and share your favorite thing about this week. All right, Sherry, you're up first. My favorite thing about the week is um, this video that I watched today um, where AOC, uh, how do you say her whole name? Cortez. Thank you. Um, she was sharing on Instagram uh, how she deals with all the negative lashes, the, um, uh, the lashback, and um, just the hard uh, hits that the, the right are giving her. And she's talking about the perspective she takes every day. And she looks at the events of now from the future. Like in 70 years, what are people going to think about? her and what's happening right now and what are her her grandchildren going to think about what's happening right now and she wants to err on the side of history on the side of right history in every moment I don't know it's just really beautiful you should check it out she's on Instagram look it up and and watch that video it like really moved and touched me and I'm like Wow, I was just blown away. Wow, that, by that is such a, a, a unique perspective. I love the idea, especially as somebody who's a politician, but all of us looking at something with the long, uh, the long game. Not looking at how it's going to affect you for this week, next week, a year from now. Look at it into the future and how people who care about you or your descendants are going to look at your actions now. Clearly, all the Trump supporters aren't thinking about the future. All right, Tone, what was your favorite thing about the week? Well, Kevin, it's 2019. And we have uh, an Arrow TV show. We have a Supergirl TV show. We have Shazam uh, opening today in theaters. Um, we have um, Endgame coming up. And we this week, we had an amazing trailer for Joker. It was an amazing trailer. It was my favorite part of the week. We're living right now in, in a blessed time. I tell my comic book brethren this all the time. We're living in a great time to be a comic book fan. Who would imagine that we would have a, a trailer 
for a movie that's strictly about the villain. No Batman. The Joker got its own movie. So it was my favorite part this week. It blew me away. This trailer I thought was so artistic. It was so beautiful. It took comic books. And I thought it elevated the genre. The trailer has been a smash. People love it. Endgame sold so many pre-tickets. So this whole comic book renaissance that was my favorite part this week. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the didn't didn't uh, like the ticket uh uh whatever the site went down. Yeah, crashed. Went down. It was so many people buying. And people are actually selling their tickets on like eBay or whatever, which is crazy for a huge profit. Okay, you know, yeah, the movie scalpers. will end up on Netflix eventually one day, people. <laughs> I, that is crazy. All right. Does anybody want to ask me a question? I said, Kevin, what was yours? <laughs> okay. Kevin, what was your favorite or worst part about this week for you? Hey. Well, thank you for asking, Tone. I love, I love the fact that I matter to you. All right. So when, when I heard that uh, uh, a Chicago lawyer and activist and out lesbian Lori Lightfoot uh, was elected as the city's first black female mayor and also the first openly LGBTQ person to serve in that role. I thought that was my favorite thing about the week. Is it, it rocked insanely hard. Uh, but uh, then, <laughs> but then I checked Twitter and I happened to see this headline: some uh, some Mueller's uh, some of Mueller's uh, Robert Mueller's investi- uh, investigators see. Uh, their uh, see their report as more damaging for President Trump than the Attorney General's uh, indicated uh, in his summary. And multiple members of the uh, Mueller's team consider uh, the evidence on collusion to be very compelling. This meant the world to me. The clouds parted because once again, up meant up and down meant down. We've been watching this man. Uh, obstruct justice on live TV. We watched him ask Russia to like look at Hillary's emails. He was colluding with them on national television. So when we got that first, when uh, when Trump's lackey, I'm sorry, Attorney General Bill Barr uh, released a spin-filled four-page uh, summary of a nearly 400-page report in like two days after getting it. Um, I am so excited to hear that it looks like he can't stop the people who are actually a part of this investigation. Uh, I, I'm praying to God that one of them has a thumb drive. And if he doesn't release the report uh, 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 to Congress unredacted, that someone will get it to them in some way. And I really am I'm starting to feel like the truth will eventually come out for the American people. And that is my favorite thing about the week by far. Wow. Wow. All right. Absolutely. We can't cover every story, but we do want to cover what you want to hear us talk about. So if you see a story during the week that you want us to recap, or if you want to share your favorite thing about the week or your least favorite thing about the week, we would love to hear from you. You can send us a voice message on the Anchor app, and we might actually play your question or uh, your the story on the show. And you can tweet us uh, and let us know what you're thinking uh, at Last Weekly on Twitter, or you can reach us old school email style at lastweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and join us for the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end. Say it with me until, until we, we say, say, say so. Until we say so. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.